Welcome to Storytime with T. L. Rutledge. This is your narrator speaking. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the story. Chapter Four: Knives in the Dark. 1754, Pennsylvania, the Cherokee Tribe. When midnight had approached, Miranda quietly pushed off her blankets and got to her feet. She pretended to sleep for a few hours to make sure everyone else was down for the night before she got up and sneaked out of the tent, grabbing her weapons along the way. She was relieved that her father was sleeping heavily and didn't stir when she had stepped over him on her way out. She threw her quiver over her shoulder and breathed in the warm summer air. Stealthily, she ventured off into the woods. She would always take a different path each time. She wanted to travel to the mountains. The natives would often talk about them, but it would be too far to reach and return in one night. She had to convince her father to go alone, which he would never agree to. She figured he'd be more worried about her getting lost than getting hurt. But she has never gotten lost, not once, since she explored the wilderness by herself. This time, instead of going to some place new first, she wanted to return to the scene where she had seen the skirmish. See if she could find any musket balls or any little souvenirs she could find. She wasn't much of a collector, but she could use it for trade. When she began near the location of the little skirmish, she found that she wasn't the only one inspecting the field. Someone else was there, though she couldn't tell who it was. All she was able to see was what they appeared to be wearing, some sort of fur, uh, wolf fur upon their back. It did appear much like the fur of the snow hare. Miranda couldn't be sure. It, it, it was indeed very white, a very pure white. The person was kneeling upon the ground, where the militia had buried the fallen Frenchman. As she watched this person, something else came into her view that wasn't a man, nor a woman. In fact, she didn't know what it was. It was tall and lanky and appeared to be naked, though its flesh wasn't natural. It had the shape of a man, if he were only bones. But that wasn't what, but, but that wasn't the most interesting part about him. He appeared as though he had two sets of arms, one set being larger than the other, and his legs were bent backwards almost like a goat. When the creature turned in her direction, she nearly screamed. Its face was horrid, skeletal with deep, fiery red eyes, fangs like a wolf. She realized its body wasn't human at all. It was a light gray flesh, and its fur, the little it had, was white as snow. She felt something inching up behind her, and a hand wrapped around her mouth. It's okay, it's me, she heard her father whisper, a luck over her mouth. They watched the creature sniff around the ground. They never made any noise, or any sound of any kind. They moved so quietly. But soon the creatures ran off into the night without a sound and without a trace, even Miranda with her father. Will you ever do as you told? Marcus asked her. What were those things? Miranda asked, her heart racing and focusing on the matter at hand. I don't know, Marcus replied. I her father's were cut her father's words were cut short when they heard screaming visiting from the camp. Marcus didn't say another word. He immediately got up and ran back to the camp. Miranda was right behind him. But as soon as he but, but it but soon he took off like an arrow, leaving her in his wake. As she neared the village, the screaming became louder and more desperate. She could see the fires erupting as she ran closer. When she reached the camp, her heart nearly dropped into her stomach. Most of the natives, her fellow tribespeople, were dead. Blood was everywhere. Limbs and innards spread around the camp like sticks and stones from a child's game. 
These were her friends, family she would call them. Now, looking at their horrifically disfigured and bloody bodies, she couldn't even recognize who was who. She couldn't see any of the mysterious creatures. She didn't see her father, nor the rest of her family. Were they all taken as well? Did they chase after them? Something moved behind her, and she quickly turned around to see a to a strange noise, seeing another horrific sight. One of the creatures chomping into one of the natives. Hey! Miranda, Miranda shouted angrily as she drew an arrow from her quiver and placed it on the, on the string of her bow. The creature saw her, grabbed the body, and began to drag it away. But it was within Miranda's sight, so it was good as dead. She released her arrow, but instead of hitting the target, it hit a tree. The creature disappeared. Somehow she missed her target. She never missed. Miranda! Marcus shouted, coming out of the forest in his lichen form. Where are the others? I thought they were with you, Miranda exclaimed. Celine, Leia, Alexander, Janaid. Marcus began to shout. Alexander came running out of the woods with the others. We're all right, brother, he said, approaching them. We couldn't catch them, nor track them, Sinead added. Alexander, Sinead, and Celine seemed to be doing their best to remain calm. Alexander looked a little on edge, and Sinead a bit uneasy. Miranda's mother, Celine, was steady as her father. Her poor cousin, Leia, looked absolutely petrified. What in God's holy name were those things? Alexander asked. He was now staring at the remains of one of the natives, whose head looked as though it had been bitten into with massive teeth and strong jaws. I don't know, Marcus said, looking at the bodies. We should bury the body before sunrise. Nothing else? Alexander asked him, sighing distraught. That's it then. What else do what else do you want me to do and or say, brother? Marcus said, getting into, getting into Alexander's face, allowing his frustration to become over, over, overcome him. I don't know what these things were. I don't know how to kill them. I don't know where they're hiding. I know as little as you do. Are you sure we should bury the bodies? Miranda asked, remembering what she had seen in the forest. She said it loud enough for everyone to hear her. She didn't shy away because her family was arguing. The others looked at her as if she was being disrespectful, but Marcus agreed with her. She's right. We need to burn them. What are you talking about? Sinead asked, looking at him like he was crazy as Miranda was. These were our friends, our family. They should be buried with honor that they deserve. Those creatures found the bodies that were buried in the woods. The scent must have led them here, Marcus explained, trying to regain his composure in a calmer demeanor. The bodies from the attack, Selene asked, said Fawn stepping forward, but they were dead. Selene spoke very calmly and didn't raise her voice. Dead or alive, human flesh only has one scent, Marcus replied. Miranda wandered away from them and stared at her arrow that hit the tree. The others approached her behind her. I never missed, she said aloud. Well, somehow you did, Marcus replied, still sounding confused about the whole altercation. He was within my sights. I had him, Miranda continued to turn to face her father. Though quick, Miranda, Alexander began. I haven't seen speed like that since the event. Alexander, Marcus said gruffly, cutting him off. That was the last straw. Miranda had had enough. Enough with the secrets, Miranda demanded, looking furious. If any of you have any information that might be helpful for the whole family, I think you should share it now. She's right, Celine said, looking guilty. She's been in the dark far too long. She needs to know the truth. Marcus didn't look like he agreed, nor did Alexander. Marcus, we all know it's time, Celine said, grabbing his arm. Marcus sighed. Fine. But we burned the bodies first. They all began to drag what was left of the native into the, inter into the circle around the campfire. It didn't feel right what they were about to do, but Miranda knew it would be safer for all of them, as well as anyone else who knew the remains of the camp. 
After they were all laid about the campfire, Marcus and Alexander collected, collected, collected the torches and lit the bodies up in flames. The smell of burning flesh made her stomach lurch, as well as the memory of how all those people whom she loved dearly had died. They all remained there, unable to look away from it. Miranda closed her eyes. She couldn't take it any longer. She felt as though it was all her fault. If her father would have been in the camp, perhaps he could have saved the natives. Her mother rested her hands on her shoulders. This isn't your fault, you hear me? She, she said to her, seeming, seemingly reading her mind. They would have came eventually, no matter where you were. Miranda nodded as Marcus began to speak. Back in Europe, Marcus began. Alexander and myself were leaders of an organization called the Archangel Order. Our mission was to defend the innocent and defeat the evil. There are far worse things than evil men and evil women, creatures, mythological ones, even beings that wanted to rid the world of mortals and those who stood, stood with them. They were called vampires, spawn of the devil. They took on horrific demon-like form. One thing they hated more than mortals was lichens. Lichens and vampires had been at war since the dawn of their existence. Marcus paused before continuing. Before we left on our journey across the Atlantic, we defeated all of them, saving Europe of any kind of destruction that would happen upon them. But with every victory we came lost in sorrow. Over the years of fighting, we lost countless friends and loved ones. When we came here, we had hoped these lands had not been tarnished by evil. But as tonight proves, we were mistaken. Miranda listened to every word. She could hear the pain in his words and the sadness that accompanied it. She never would have thought that would have been the story. When her father began to tell the crusade the day before, she thought it would have a different ending. Though they had defeated those creatures, they didn't seem too delighted about it. So now you know, Marcus said, turned to her. Freedom always comes with a price. I'm so sorry, Miranda said sincerely. I, I never realized everything you went through. Marcus embraced her. It's a lot to digest, he told her. You've got good instincts. I know you'll do the right thing when the time comes. I can trust you. We all can. Miranda smiled. Thank you, Father. That means a lot. Marcus turns to, turned to the others. We should move. It isn't safe here. Where will we go? Alexander asked. New York, 